Welcome to the Infinite Creative Podcast. My name is Fitz and this is... I'm Sean. Yeah. And we also have today a guest. Um, Phil, what do you do? Well, professionally or right now? <laughs> right now I'm right. listening to you guys, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, professionally. So what, what, what is um, what you do? <clears throat> well, I kind of like to call myself as the T-shaped t, the t marketer. Um, I kind of taught myself a lot about marketing in the past three, four years. I did some university uh, mm -hmm. where I actually learned how to how to become a marketing and sales manager. But I did not read this small print of manager and I pretty quickly figured out like, hey, that's actually not what I want to do. I want to go get in there and like create campaigns and like lead them and everything. So I did not learn that in the university, of course. So I just went out and did it myself. Okay. And long, long, long story short, to give you a quick uh, wrap up, um, I started doing websites. Um, and so far right now, I'm just trying to combine websites with SEO services. Because uh, once gotcha. you have a done, a done nice website, nobody's going to find it. So you kind of need some people that either consult you or like give you kind of a plan how to uh, build up your marketing, especially in SEO. Or if you have products that you quickly want to sell, then I also tends to go towards the paid advertisement, of course. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so at the moment, I'm kind of like building up my freelance business. I'm not yet there. So I'm pretty much on the verge of like jumping into freedom and everything how people portray it. Like, let's say- We call I, it I, freedom. I <laughs> you know, like, like, the, like, like they say in Inglorious Bastards, if it sounds too good to be true, it mostly ain't. So like, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I am- aware of all the risks and like, yeah, I wouldn't say like risk, but it definitely is getting out of the comfort zone. So yeah, yeah I'm filling that up right now. I'm kind of like getting some clients. I have, uh, interestingly, just a quick uh, info. I am based in Austria and uh, in Austria, we have- We hear like uh, a little accent. Yeah, I'm actually Swiss. I'm not Austrian. So I think you hear my Swiss accent. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's uh, it's German based. Yeah, sorry. So, so, so Sean, can you hear the difference in the accent? So how do you perceive the accents? Um, what's funny is he, um, I feel like his accent feels a little bit more refined. You have that, that, that slurry German. I'm, I'm sure that they talk about a lot in Eastern Europe, that, that kind of messy oh, German. <laughs> I love that. Thank you very much. Made my day. <laughs> yeah, well. I, 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 once, I once had a person on the phone and she was like, are you Asian? And I was like, no. And she was like, you sound like an Asian. Your English accent is very Asian. I was like, okay. Yeah, take that yeah. as a note, yeah. So, so I, I have a question though. Like with the, um, you said you went to university, and Sean went to school too. Like for, um, uh, it's, it's an art school. Or what did you? Uh, so you shift? Yeah. yeah. So you went to art school for design, kind of. If I, or, I you probably yeah. should explain that. So, yeah. So my degree was communication design, which sounds very vague. Um, and so it's really it was all just about you know what are all the different communication touch points and and how do you design those touch points? So things from app design, web design, UX UI. So it's kind of a kind of a big melting pot of all the design type of things. Yeah. Um, but obviously graphic design was also in there as well. Yeah. Um, On that note, like you both probably had experiences because he said like, okay, I went for school and they did not really prepare me for that. What, what, what is your like spin on that? And what is your takeaway lesson? Like what did school not prepare you for, Sean? And mm, then, yeah, yeah. Phil. 
Well, yeah, I mean, for me, uh, school, you know, it's what's interesting is, and I, I'm sure Phil felt this too, is when you're in school, you're surrounded by people that care a ton about what you do. You're literally in this really um, competitive thing. And then the second you get out of that little bubble, everyone's like, I don't, I don't really care. I don't, I don't, it's, it's the least important thing on my agenda. And so I think that was the biggest thing I wish I was taught more is just, um, just get ready for people not to care as much as all the people here do. Um, and because I think a lot of people that left art school, they get their, their hearts broken really quickly because they're like, you know, they're like, look, I made a brochure and everyone's like, okay, I don't, I don't really care on the next business. And so it's, so it was kind of funny to go through that of people caring a ton to going into like a business place where people are like, yeah, you're like the fifth, sixth most important thing on the, on the list. Yeah. How about you, Phil? Uh, I can actually join whatever Sean just said. Um, yeah, you know, like when in university, people are so, or like things that are is taught to you is very much theoretically based. So I get that also in design. I mean, also I'm actually a certified graphic designer. I've never called myself that, but it's not my yeah. strongest uh, trait. But you know, you learn all about these constructions and like uh, laws of design and everything, you know. But I mean, only if you hear it, you don't really learn it. So you have to go out there and uh, get oh, into the dirt and fucking learn that crap you know i mean it's just one way it's the same with marketing you know people can tell you like yeah you have to find your target audience and then you have to do this and this it sounds all fancy and stuff you know i can make a presentation for two hours you're gonna go listen to it you're gonna be like yeah i know now how it works then you go out there it's like wait how do i start you know yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's kind of it's kind of the thing you know i mean it's good if you have that background but i always say like go to youtube university it's the yeah. best <laughs> yeah. so so i hear the thing that i hear a lot in germany like i'm a certified um i know the laws so there's a lot of laws and certifications in germany and probably austria as well austria is even how- worse <laughs> yeah so but how is it for sean because like we are in the wild west Aren't we? Are there laws for like, you know, I'm a certified graphic designer, for example? (laughs) No, you're literally in the land of come up with your own title. I mean, I was just talking to someone yesterday about how many creative directors do we all know? And I'm like, and they're like, there'll be someone that's like, you know, 21 and and they, they have no idea what a creative director is. And so, you know, yeah, we live in the land where, yeah, sadly, it's not against the law to pretend to be anything, um, yeah. which is why YouTube was born here, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so it's a really unique thing. So I, I'm like that kind of like you, I don't know how to say it, but it kind of broke me out of my shell when I was like, wait, what? So I was a certified electrician, you know, learning and going to school. Obviously, school was very cheap or nearly free in Germany. Then I came here. I'm like, what? You have to pay a, a ton of money to not be even like a certified whatever. What is the the most mind-boggling thing? Like the Uno reverse would make sense, for example. If I would be in Austria or Germany, I should pay a shit ton of money to be certified. Instead, it's free there, but you're certified. And here it's like, it's expensive, but you're not certified. I'm like... <laughs> What's you guys' take on that? Yeah, go for it. Uh, all right. Um, you know, I, I'm, I live in a country where titles matter so much. Like yeah. in a the university, they showed us uh, 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 like a comparison of, they showed a picture of a person with the name and the title and they showed it to Germans and then they put it away after three seconds. And they asked like, what do you remember about this person? And they were like, yeah, she had blonde hair blue shirt da, 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 da. and in austria same experiment it was like she had a doctor's title that was the first thing so what does that say kind of you know a lot i call them kind of paper soldiers 
Uh, a lot of people have these certifications and like the kind of like somehow in society it underlines whatever you are capable to be doing because at some point like you can learn so much you can be going and get into the grind and like be a specialist but if you don't have this paper that actually shows you i am a governmental accepted specialist it's sometimes a little bit hard but i actually have this attitude i don't care because i used to actually uh, i used to be a branch leader in tourism before i got into the marketing and i never cared what kind of education you have if a person came and she was like doing that in that school and she studied ethnology and whatever, you know, like it's nice to have. But if I had a person that's maybe 20 years old and was 12 year, twelve months on a world tour and seen these places, I'm going to take her or him because they know what's going on there. They're going to sell the stuff, you know. So I would always say it's kind of a shame that you always or like often you need to have this kind of support to actually underline your knowledge and your skills and people don't take you serious for a long time until you actually have proven it. So it's kind of like a fast lane, but then there are all the people that don't know how to work and don't have skills. They just have a lot of paper and they just bark very loud. <laughs> and uh, yeah, right, they, got, right. well, they, they are being taken over by those that actually are delivering quality work. Uh, sorry, sorry, Sean. Oh no, you're fine. Yeah, because I think what you're saying right there is soft skills versus hard skills, right? You want someone that can communicate, um, chaos can happen and then they can react. I mean, I'm kind of the same way, right? Like if, like I, I run into things all the times with creatives, um, you know, marketing specialists and such, where even if you have 10 years of experience over someone else, I'm looking at, do you get excited easily or can you keep your cool? Like if you can keep your cool and you can communicate clearly, I think that's worth a certification in, in my eyes and a lot of time and just the being teachable. And the biggest thing about right. certifications and degrees, I feel like, is it's almost proof that you're teachable and that you're going to work and you're going to stick with something, which I feel like now... With, with all these, with YouTube and, you know, people kind of coming up with their own titles and things, I think it's, it's, it's important to show that, yeah, you stuck it out, right? You actually stuck to something even when it got hard. I think that's almost like the, the real weight of, of a certification now is that, oh, wow, we actually stuck with it. Exactly. And I, I, I like to take a lot of analogies from social media to real life. And one is like consistency is king, you know, like yeah. as long as you always show up and you put in the work, it doesn't have to be that much. You don't have to burn out yourself like day after day and you don't have to exchange your private life for professional growth. If you just put in the thing at the time, a little bit of effort and you just stick to it, you're going to you're going to take over a lot of other people because they will be burnt out at some point, you know, and then yeah. they're coming back. That's very powerful. I think like also like you're doing a really good job on social media. So how do you, so what is your social media account again? Can you just give it a quick shout out uh, because you do the whole reels and everything. And I think like right now it is very powerful to get like new eyes on you providing a service. And most people don't really do it because it's very hard. So that's where I come in and do that. But yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah. So it's uh, thpp.design. Okay. Interestingly, thpp stands for the heavy backpack. <laughs> so you can maybe <laughs> keep it, keep it uh, to remember it. Yeah. So long story, long story. I will tell it another time. But yeah, thank you very much. So everybody who's interested into getting a little bit of experience of what I endure, because that's what I'm trying to like uh, reflect there to kind of, you know, like a lot of people are these, as you said, specialists and marketing aces, marketing ninjas, marketing, I don't know what, you know, like superheroes. It's you got to need a catchy name, apparently. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I'm, I, I'm actually a...
the moment I am uh, employed at a company as a senior marketing expert. And I kind of feel neither senior nor expert. I'm just marketing somehow, you know, because <laughs> like, who de what defines, where's the benchmark to give me a title like that? You know, yeah, okay, I have a couple mm -hmm. of years and technically yeah. I'm a senior, but whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm mm -hmm. just like, kind of curious because like the market is like moving so fast. There's so many new tools. There's AI coming out. There's this coming out. And then there's a new job title. There's a new whatever. And I don't know how you would e how even like um, in Europe where you need all those titles to be certified, how do you want to adapt fast enough? You know, AI came out in one year, I think, like obviously it was longer around, but it became mainstream in one year or two years, maybe. And now it's already like, okay, there's no degree for like AI specialists, for example, but it needs to be, but it's probably at that point outdated where you're just like being a user in the end. So I, I don't know where this is going. You guys have some future predictions? Uh, Sean, yeah, I give you this yeah. one. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, well, yeah. So I mean, uh, yeah, AI specialists. I mean, really, if you think about it, we're all tool specialists, right? So if you're SEO, you're kind of a, whatever your SEO platform is, you're a specialist or you're a search engine specialist. So we're all, it's funny because all, all of our skills in this kind of, in the 21st century are all derived from tools, right? Um, which I guess is true from kind of the older days too, right? If I was a carpenter, I guess I would be defined by my carpentry tools and things like that. So I, so I think, you know, AI is just another tool, like, like we've said before on the show is, you know, um, so of course, yeah, being an AI specialist, sure. I think, um, you know, you'll still have these kind of bigger roles like creative director and, and senior managers and things like that. And I think, you know, it's, it's just tool sets. So I think, you know, before, you know, you have, you had, you know, photo retouchers, you have things like that, um, illustrators, digital illustrators, but they're all based on tools as well. So, but yeah. How about right. you, Phil? Like, how you feel like the, the schools will adapt to that? Because, like, it seems like the rate of innovation is outpacing the rate of, like, laws and restrictions, if that makes sense. Yeah, I would say seize the opportunity, you know, like the possibilities there. And I see the same right now with AI. A lot of people are like, okay. I'm a copywriter, AI is going to take over. No, it's not. Because today I just posted something like people are scared of AI, but AI is a machine. What a machine cannot have is emotions. And why do you read an article? Because it triggers emotion in you. As long as AI, and it will never, it's kind of not possible, you know, to write an algorithm to learn how to love and everything. I feel like this is, if somebody really can do that, I think uh, then Skynet's, Greets you and we are anyway all doomed, you know. But uh, yeah. until then, I just think like surf the wave, get comfortable with it, and use this. It's always good to have friends close, but keep enemies closer, you know. Well, so I like that of... one too. Yeah, um, I think like Sean and I had a conversation right before the podcast, and I am always really nearly too quick to jump on new things and push things <laughs> really too fast without thinking. What I, I think is like a good thing and a bad thing at the same time. And I'm like, Sean and I, we have that dynamic where Sean is like, no, it, it needs to be perfect before I post this thing. So I'm actually like, um, you know, it's like a little bit more lean back. But I'm like, it is really hard to say at what point are you too risky and at what point are you not risky enough, you know. And it's really hard to be self-aware. And that is like currently what I'm thinking. Like I'm sometimes too risky, too fast. And I should maybe step back, but on the one side, there's upsides to it, and yeah, risk management. Yeah. Well, yeah, one thing I want to add kind of to what, um, what kind of Phil was saying, too, is that, yeah, don't, don't be afraid to dive into these tools, but I think it's, it's, it's having it be, be a crutch is what you don't want it to become. You don't ever want to give yourself completely to these AI overlords where you, you start to think that they're smarter than you are. 
And so then it becomes a crutch, right? Then every project starts with AI rather than it being down later in the process. The first step is let's start with AI. Then you've, you've really tainted the whole process. You know, for me, like when I do brand design still, I still start with a sketchbook. I still literally will sit there and sketch and just let whatever comes out of the air go onto the paper because then the process isn't tainted. The second you bring in a tool and you totally lean on that tool, you've tainted the whole process. Mm, so. That's also very powerful. Right. Yeah, that's what they teach in every graphic school, right? Don't just dive into Illustrator and start sketching in Illustrator because it just totally disrupts the process of like the creative thinking if it's not 100%. like handmade somehow. Yeah. I mean, I can, uh, sorry if I can quickly jump in there. I mean, I used to be uh, a printer, like a, I made an apprenticeship as a printer. And if you think of the development there, I mean, back in the days, the monks were writing a book by hand. And then Gutenberg came along and was like, hey, look, make it quicker, Zack, boom, you know, we can print, print that. And of course, people were like, what? I cannot write a book anymore. But people got to get the information quicker out there. So there's always kind of like, you know, a shifting in like the measurement, I would say, like, you know, like, okay, work is just like, how to say, uh, redistribu redistributed in a way. So I think mm -hmm. right now, you know, I, I think, especially for SEO, uh, AI is a good thing because you can do the HubSpot strategy, I call it. HubSpot creates a shitload, shitload of uh, content around the topic, tests what is working well, throw, drops the, the not performing, and writes even more on the stuff that works well. So you can go to, to, to that strategy even quicker and actually uh, just by editing, not doing the hard work of like researching and, and like writing it but just like going over it into uh, quality control. So I think, as you said, uh, you still need your brain. Uh, you still need a certain uh, uh, process and like a certain edit way, but you can just mm -hmm. outsource the hard work, work smart, not hard. So I think it's kind of, yeah. doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be a bad thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I just want to say like, we're kind of limited by, by our words, right? There's some things that just, there isn't a word for it, or you may not know the words. So. So it's like if we are going to get in this world where we're all we're all consumed by AI, then we have to be good with our words, right? There's there's something to be said about the the unsayable. When you when you look at something, you're like, this is beautiful. This gives me an emotion, but I don't know why. That's something that AI couldn't do then, because um, exactly. there's no there's no word for it. Yeah, I think so, yeah. that is like that brings us to our topic because we were like talking about like um school work what what do you do for like fun and creativity and what motivates you and inspires you phil <laughs> uh i'm not the best example i mean i used to do a lot of sports in the past but then i somehow got injured and i needed to channel this energy of sports what i did and so i found my kind of love in marketing so what i do for like fun and creativity is <laughs> basically work <laughs> well that I'm, sounds I'm, very yeah. fun and creative <laughs> <laughs> I'm not proud of it, but you know, it's always a difference if you have to do work for an employer or if you're actually working on your own project. So it's kind of like such a, okay. you can get creative again in a way, you yeah. know, try stuff out and then maybe apply it to work as well. But otherwise I have a, a really cute small dog, so I go out for walks with her or I just cuddle her. Okay. <laughs> That's also quite nice. Or I do still some, I do some Tai Chi. Tai Chi. Uh, once to twice so how a week, did you yeah. injure you and doing Tai Chi? Like now I'm kind of curious. Like how, uh, how does that uh, work together? <laughs> okay, I used to do like Spartan races and marathons and triathlons, and yeah. I used to train kung fu and Tai Chi around seven to eight times a week. I was even a month in China, uh, okay. training in a in a monk school uh, for in close to the Shaolin Temple, 
So yeah, after that month, I came back and I got some kind of injury on the heel. And then it developed into a torn adductors, right and left. It took each nine months to heal. Oh. And then I had back problems, I had shoulder problems, fast, uh, long story forward. It started in 2018 in January and last November I figured out by the doctors that I have an arthritis and it's actually all caused by this. So since November, I actually got a, a, a medicament and uh, I can actually walk properly again. I don't look like Quasimodo anymore when I walk up. So uh, yeah, I, can't I, am to just try, <laughs> I just try to kind of like put together that uh, uh, active, active lifestyle that I used to have, but it just takes consistency there we're back you know yeah yeah and on, on that note like for everybody who does not know um the podcast and just tuned in you should like and subscribe but sean what do you do for like your creativity in case for the new viewers they don't probably know about your art well yeah so for me you know i've uh, i've been doing a lot of painting on the side so that's definitely something that you know in the web web design world it's there things are not very clear a lot of the times and and it can be very frustrating you know you could You can make a whole beautiful website, go to bed, wake up, the whole thing's crashed in the morning. Um, which with paint, that doesn't really happen a lot of the time. I mean, knock on wood, doesn't happen where, you know, I put, I put, a, I put a brush stroke down, that's where it is. If I mess something up, I can, I can see it immediately and try to fix it. And um, I think I love that. You know, it's been really funny. I think I mentioned this too to you, Fitz. I don't know if I did this on, on camera, but I've been like, it's been really funny, but I've been watching YouTube videos on people that build cabins. And it's been such a, a such a like a, a very meditative thing to even just have in the background as I work, yeah. Because it's just very simple, right? It's just like we measure it, we're getting wood, we're cutting it, we're putting it together, and so it's like it's funny because like we live in such an ephemeral world, right? I, I mean, like Phil's in the marketing world, so he knows that like everything's ephemeral, everything's gray area. Yeah, maybe it'll work, maybe it won't work. So to have things that are concrete, I feel like that's my meditation now. That's where I'm like, okay, cool. Things that are physically right in front of me. Now, how about you, Fitz? What do you do? Well, I, I do YouTube, like in a weird way. Like, so I do like a, a bunch of random videos. So for me, that's like fun and self-expressive, you know? And then I'm trying to do it for other people. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Also, like I have my lens stand and I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a doer and I like figuring things out, you know? And... I, I brute force a lot of things because like, yeah. So if I, I if I have something in my mind and I want to make it happen, I, I just make it happen. So that's how I got to the land stand. You know, like most people like don't spend so much time on 3D printing. You're a videographer and you do this and you do that, you know, like, but if I have an idea and I'm, I'm feeling strongly about it, I'm just like going after it because I see the potential and I, I hope I can make it happen. And I, I will, I'll do a lot to make it happen, if that makes sense. <laughs> By the way, they look pretty cool. I am not such a uh, not such a camera enthusiast. I'm kind yeah. of like this uh, mobile phone photographer <laughs> in general. That, but uh, yeah. no, 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 I want to be for real here. So there's a lot of videographers right now who are just like Ugh, vertical video. Bring back the 16 by nine. Bring all back old school video. And I'm just like that stuff is kind of <laughs> dead, but it maybe comes back. It does not really matter in my eyes. And there's now a new editing software out there. It's called CapCut. You know, that's what you use on the phone. And it's really cool and trendy. You get AI features. You get like body dysmorphia things where you're like, oh, <coughs> I want my body to be a little bit thinner. I want to have my face a little bit. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> so I'm not sick, but I'm coughing here. <laughs> but basically, this tool has like all the new features. It is like uh, from the pond that. Uh, Premiere Pro, DaVinci, all the professional editors 
hate that thing because it's optimized for the smartphone. And I'm like, they came out with like a version for the PC. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. I, I have no associations. For me, it's a tool. I like the tool. I'm just like going into it. And I'm just like, oh, this is actually nicer in some ways than the professional tools. And in some ways, it's more useful. In other ways, it's not as useful. But I'm currently going really hard on this and being like, okay, I'm going to do as many short-form content videos with that. And if I have a professional edit where I need to fix stuff and I need special tools, I will still do the old school way. So I think like smartphone, videography and editing and everything smartphone is the future and you kind of need to adapt. That's my... Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I do everything with CapCut, by the way, even for my work, for my clients and everything. So, huh. I mean, I usually when I open Premiere Pro, I just get a heart attack because so much stuff there is like, oh, yeah. I'm just closing this right away. <laughs> I need to have something like uh, simplified. And CapCut is, like you said, it's extremely simplified. Like you put in your 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 video, you just quickly cut it with the thumb, you know, zack, 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 zack. Uh, especially the, the subtitle captions feature is great. It's really understanding good. Even my crappy English accent, it has no issues usually, except I bring some kind of specific yeah. words. It doesn't even understand it sometimes, but yeah. It, and you have the teleprompter feature. It's it's quite nice. Teleprompter yeah. feature. Now I'm so curious. I, I did not even try that <laughs> one out. So it's kind of funny because like usually I'm not, I was not so inspired anymore by editing and I had, I think like two or three years ago, I had a phase where every night I'm like, okay, I'm going to make a cinematic beach edit. I do like a cinematic, this edit, a cinema, you know, and I try to edit like footage and practice, you know. And right. then after, after a couple months, I'm like, it got kind of like, oh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm like, I'm comfortable. Some of the stuff I never posted, but it was like, it's on my hard drive, you know, and I experimented a little bit and I didn't share it. But I'm like, it gave me like confident in the editing software. And when a new editing software came out, I'm like, oh, let's play with DaVinci. And this CapCut thing right now sparked the fire again. And I feel like having a new tool can be a new creative fire. What's you guys' spin on like new tools and motivation and trying new things and getting excited? Well, what excites you at the moment? Well, I think it is it is cool when you do find something that kind of blows your mind, right? Like I can still remember the first time I opened up Photoshop and did content aware and was just able to like make a cloud disappear or something. I was just like, what in the actual heck? You know, the other day, you know, I finally used Apple's new um, update, which which I don't know if you guys have done where if you oh, yeah, if you where you like you do the triple finger on the on the photo and it cuts it out and isolates the photo for you immediately. You know, so so when you have those moments where you're like, oh, wow, okay, so something where I had to pull it into Photoshop, now I can just put three fingers on the photo and it just sits there and highlights it. So you have those aha moments, and so I can I can get that where, like, when you're like, wait a minute, this process would have been eight menus deep, and now I just pressed a button and I did it. So there is a really cool dopamine release you get from that. Yeah. It's really nice if you get a tool that actually simplifies life and makes everything easier because like the the content aware on the iphone is really good like you can now i don't know are you uh phil are you like an android or iphone guy uh android yeah (laughs) me too i I, I work on a mac but the phone somehow i couldn't because i used to have an iphone once and then everything has to be apple so i was like "Ah, i'm leaving this mafia now i have android (laughs) now i have a mac i'm like it would be nice to have the airdrop yeah yeah airdrop (laughs) um the content aware is really nice I have both because like I have like one phone for like um, streaming and one phone for internet. So I'm like, it's really nice if you have a live stream and you need to force internet, but it takes always a, a shit ton of time to combine two Wi-Fi's. But it, I, I like Apple a lot, but I hate it a lot too. It, it's a weird thing. 
So, so what do you guys think are kind of some of the newer tools that are going to be coming out? I mean, like, what's what's the next steps? I guess, like, in video editing, even in SEO, I'm I'm really interested to even like hear like like what do you think, Phil? Like, what's the is there new? Because what's funny is I was just talking yesterday to someone about how you know Google and and all these search engines are already starting to come up with kind of um, a way to crack down on the Chat GPT SEO. You know, they're they're already starting to crawl websites, and if you have the exact same stream uh, streams of of keywords there. They're going to see that now. They're going to see if you've used AI. And so I, I, I don't know. I just wonder, is there new? Is there going to be new tools for SEO? Is there a way to make SEO more more available for people, I guess? I mean, uh, there's already a buttload of tools out there, you know, like uh, the, the main competitors definitely SEM Rush, I would say. They really cover mm -hmm. a lot of it. I use, I use a cheaper version, which I think is a little bit more friendly, uh, which is called SE Ranking. Uh, I think it's a correctly but i think it's a ukrainian company so i also kind of feel like this kind of support you know and i'm like okay yeah. cool and it's kind of like simplified and it's affordable and so i use that for example so what you can do what they released right now is uh they have this perfect uh website audit thing so you can actually put in your whole domain and it's like crawling everything like a screaming frog for example but when you have screaming frog you need to understand what is good and what is bad. It doesn't tell you, it just gives you pure data. So you have to interpret it. And uh, SE ranking basically does that for you. It says like, hey, here you have that many errors, check this, that, that, that. And then you have a marketing plan at the end. You can just go step by step through and kind of like fix all these things, uh, which is checking it off. It gives me like kind of a hold uh, on like where I am. Am I still on track? Am I doing actually good stuff or am I completely lost in doing like something that's irrelevant, for example? So what they did right now with the whole AI attack wave out there is basically they have also this content creation thingy. So you can actually also AI create your content. Plus it does also like you can insert some keywords that, it, that you want the AI writer to have inserted in some kind of way. And it gives you this, what is it called, TDF, IDL kind of uh, double check, like it's like versus the SERP competitors, if you are competitive with this uh, piece of content. And uh, I think that makes it definitely easier. But if I can go back to what you said before about uh, search engines finding out what is AI written, yes, I think this is going to repeat the whole keyword stuffing procedure that we already had, where the early SEOs had, were like, ah, I'm just going to put in a bunch of uh, keywords, mm -hmm. put them on on hidden, and they're there. And, uh, you know, mm -hmm. I think it's going to repeat a little bit uh, because, as I said, AI written content, you know, kind of like it takes one to recognize one. I mean, search engines are <laughs> yeah. basically AI, you know, like point. it's kind of like it's, it's like a Swiss person comes, talks to me. It's like, ah, you're definitely Swiss. Ha, huh, gotcha. You know, it's like, <laughs> dude, you know, it's people think like I'm just going to blast out that content for free. I did but, it in three minutes, you know, but it's like search engines are AI bots. They come there. They're like, hey, I got a friend. This is penalized. Zach, boom, and you lose your ranking probably. Yeah. Yeah, but with that being said, this will just lead into like a spiral, you know, the hacker and the, the so the attacker and the defender. It's always like one up, one up, you know, and uh, the attacker always has the upside. So, I mean, like the early adapters in that aspect will be like um, um, a little bit better off because they just can like, okay, I adapt a new technique, um, it will be not discovered, you know, and I will be fine till an update comes out. So, it's really exactly. weird because like... On the one side, if you create genuine content your own way and it's somewhat too perfect and it has like a simple pattern, at what point does AI just pick up the pattern and I'm like, oh, he's getting away with it, so I should get away with it. 
So you know what I mean? So basically, a natural person will sooner or later be picked up by a bot and be like, hey, that's that that ain't legit, you know? Let's let's cut this guy off because like I see like five websites out there with the same patterns, you know? And then it becomes like iffy, you know? At what point, yeah. I mean, then, I, get, I get it, but it's like, as I said before, like this is an opportunity, use it. <laughs> Just like, mm-hmm. tuck, 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 you know, reward. there's going to be... They're going to close this door. Exactly. I mean, why not? You know, mm-hmm. this is like I just said with my master thesis, like this was an opportunity. This door has closed by the end of the year because people took their learnings. Yes, it could be that you're going to lose some ranking at some point. But, mm-hmm. hey, it was a sweet ride, wasn't it? You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> so, yeah, true. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Ride the ride the ride while you can, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. and, and so with that, you know, what's interesting is we... So, so the guy I was talking to yesterday, he actually came from a print background too, which I also do. And I don't know if you if you've ever if you guys have ever dealt with vinyl, but there's a term in it yeah. called weeding, where where when you you get the vinyl cut, you sit there with like an exacto knife and you take out all of the negative parts out of out of the shape they made. And so we were talking about how maybe there's like a that like there's maybe a use case for for AI weeding, right? You get AI and then you go in and you insert your own little thing in there to break that kind of. Um, so, so if you have a whole block of, of SEO keywords, yeah, you're, you're adding in one or two or three. So now it's called AI weeding is what we were kind of, we were kind of creating that term of, yeah, you get it cut by the machine and it's perfect. And then you go in and you just kind of do a little couple things and, and then good. Now, now it's not going to get caught by, by the algorithm. For now. <laughs> for now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right, I mean, like, I, I have like, um, uh, a philosophy that I have in my mind and I feel like it's like. Use an opportunity when it arrives and basically try to ride the wave till it dies and jump to the next thing at the time. But if you ride the wave too long, you will fall off and you will not make it to the new opportunity. You know, it's like, like a domino effect. Like if you have a smaller domino and a bigger one, your business will do good for a while. But if it's about to go down, you should have already built up the next new thing. You know, like if you're like a... Uh, PC manufacturer, it would have been good to start like smartphones when they came out, you know, so it's always good to (laughs) experiment and just like jump to the new wave and try to be a little bit um, risky, if that makes sense. That's how I kind of see it. Because like, there's a lot of people, oh, it's working. Oh, yeah, there's a bad, it's a little bit bad right now. Uh, And I'm still sticking to myself and not trying new things. And then like, oh, now it's worse. And they kind of missed the boat at one point to jump to the new opportunity, you know? And it's, like, really hard to be, like, actually, like, oh, yeah, I'm staying adaptive. I'm staying childlike and playing and figuring things out. And I think that's really powerful. And it's just really hard to see those waves. How how long does the wave go up and when does it go down? Right. No, I can totally agree with that. And I just, it just came to my mind two things. One is, like, First, nothing lasts forever, like you said. You know, like if it works well, it's the time to re-innovate and like yeah. think of another thing to go because that wave is gonna end. It's like surfing, you know. If it's really going, it's probably at the end almost, you know. Yeah. And number two is like, I got that from the crypto space because they always say opportunity never feels like opportunity. So <laughs> it feels like like you buy at the bottom, you know, it's, it's like everything goes to shits, you know, and that's where you should actually buy in or yeah. like what they say. So basically, I feel like right now, you know, it's like everybody's scared and like, oh, okay, again, like in, in, in uh, respect to uh, AI, like everybody's scared. But hey, as I said, this is an opportunity. Just use it, you know, make the best out of it. You can't stop it anyway. It's there. It's out there. It's going to yeah. develop. So just just flow with it. And as you said, like 
jump on it, ride the wave, jump on the next one, and just like go from there. It's the only way to do. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. With, so with this being said, like um, I nearly forgot the train of thought, but um, how do you um, deal right now with like what is the next new creative thing you could do? Like obviously there's AI, but what would be a thing that you would like? Oh, I I see myself jumping to this. This could be a new trend besides AI. I guess that word too short. <laughs> hmm. So, okay, so can reframe the question again. Uh, so, so, so basically in the market right now, like I feel like for like web designers, um, everything mm -hmm. is shifting to video. That's how I see it right now, you know? Mm -hmm. But what is the next thing after video, for example? Like what is the next opportunity? Because it seems like the market mm -hmm. is kind of getting tough and it goes into AI, AI video. And what is the next thing? So I, I can um, at least look out for new things. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, with virtual, I've, I've kind of said this before, with virtual reality, I definitely see that exploding, continuously exploding over the next 10 to 20 years, um, especially as I know in design um, that there's, there's a big movement now to minimalism, like a new type of minimalism, like neo-minimalism, essentially, where, where design really goes back to the back, background. And I can yeah. see that really happening with websites, because right now, you know, you see a website still on, on a surface. You still see it on, on a flat surface, right? But that will change in the next 10 to 20 years. I think I think websites, you know, can a website be in your room somehow, right? And can, and can you somehow have an immersive experience? So I think, you know, thinking of things like experiential design. So here in the U.S., we have Meow Wolf. We have these kind of experiential design, these art exhibits that you go through, and it kind of just overwhelms all sensory output. So... So things like, um, can, will we have tactical touch, like on your screen, where I could touch the screen and can I feel the actual texture? Can you have a website of sand and I can draw the sand and feel the sand on my finger? You know, can I actually have the smell of a forest come out of my computer when I when I go into a website? So you have things like Neuralink and things like that, which, you know, are way off in the future, but ways to kind of tap into our kind of sensory input. You know, I feel like, I think that's ultimately the future is like how do we make everything more immersive you know how do we get to that place where where we're not talking about a surface anymore we're talking about the immersion of of design in your life if that makes sense and the experience i like that yeah what what i actually wanted to go after like i kind of got derailed in my own mind after like <laughs> phrasing the question because like doing two things at once you know <laughs> um right now it, it's a really weird time you know there's some clients who do bad and there's some clients who do good specifically like in this market there's people who adapt and they're they're thriving right now and because we're in the freelance world i feel like we should focus more on clients who are adapt to the future and they have the budget because they're not struggling at all i was like um i i just want to speak from my experience like i i know a company who's doing kind of bad and they're like worried about the next two years or three years you know and then i get hired by a guy who's like i can't take on more business i have too much i'm like Oh, so it's not all bad. So I'm I'm just like kind of trying to shift my mindset right now in my freelance business to like there's people out there who are making bank right now. Um and I just need to find them. So I need to figure out who's doing well and what markets are doing well. Do you guys have like any like markets in mind where you think like they could do well so we can all as a community like okay, shift focus from negativity to positivity and get more clients? What do you think does well this year, like kinder? I mean, I mean, based on the market outlook, I just posted, I think two weeks ago, I looked up how many websites are there. 
Yeah. And there, uh, with 2022, I think there were like 35 billion websites. Billions. That's I think I, want, I stand corrected if I missed a zero, <laughs> but it was it was a lot. So if you divide it by how many people are we now? Eight, nine seven, billion people. Eight. Yeah, seven. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But so basically, each if everybody's a web designer, everybody's a marketer, it gets about what like yeah. five websites to take care of, but they are not. So. I kind of feel like a lot of this anxiety of like, okay, I don't know, future and what is going to do well, just there is so much, you know, and I think that you can use tools, you can like reinvent yourself, but I believe that everything dripples down to one thing that connects people to do business and that is sales. So I think if you can like sell a service, the client doesn't ask how you did it, you know, like, hey, I made you 20 blocks this year and your SEO is going up, for example, or like you, yeah. your sales is going up. Ultimately, you make money with paying me to make something, some witchcraft that actually yeah. you make money. So I think it's kind of like a lot of people overcomplicate that, uh, that kind of, yeah, like, hey, okay, should I use that tool? It's cheating. It's not, it doesn't matter if you can sell that service to the person, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And the okay. client is happy if you deliver results. So I hope I, wait, I think I just totally lost my thoughts. <laughs> it, the struggle is real. Talking and thinking, <laughs> yeah, it's two things that man shall not do. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. But I hope this kind of like fits to the question. But yeah, uh, yeah, so, I was just thinking when, when Sean was explaining before, like you went in all these website stuff, you know, I mean, that sounds all very great. I'm actually looking forward to kind of like, like you said, like mm. drawing something in the sand on a website. That must be... Mm. Yeah, you got me there. But if you can sell that, or if you cannot sell that, you're not going to have business. So I think this is kind of like the the, the main point. And yeah. a lot so, of people can sell. So. Yeah. So, so what 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 I gathered like from this like um, input is like there's people in sales right now, and there's probably products that are really hot, you know, and like selling really well. And we should like look out for those products that are selling well. And then contact those salespeople and be like, hey, you need a better website? Hey, you need some videos for that? So it's kind of like how I see like um, this right now. So it's like um, it's like exactly. thinking out loud, basically. So I'm just trying to, how do you accumulate more clients? I'm like, oh, yeah, I should focus on sales. That makes a lot of sense. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I mean, why start from zero with a product that you don't know if it's running well, if you could just acquire something or like work with something that's already running well? Oh. So I like, it's like it. a, I like that. It's it's it's, like it's again like social media. You know, you have a post that goes viral. What do you do? Like you promote it with twenty bucks, tack, fire that shit up. You know, so mm -hmm. it's the same. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So um, it is the weekend coming up. What do you creatives do out there on the weekend? Also, this goes out like for everybody listening. Uh, comment down below what you do on the weekend. Um, yeah, uh, Sean, would you? What are your plans for the weekend? Um, yeah, well, you know, I'm, so I've been in St. Pete for about a month, so I'm going to be going um, back to Colorado. Um, so it's really just organizing my thoughts. It's really funny when you travel like this is, you know, you, you get really comfortable, you get your home base in one place and then you're like, oh yeah, we have to go back to the other place now. So like that means meetings, so scheduling meetings all for next week. Um, the painting, you know, it's been great because my painting's really blown up in the last month, but I haven't been prepared for it. So, so to get to kind of Phil's point, it looks very pretty, but I'm not selling anything. So, so, so now it's getting that second piece to kind of to kind of fit up there. Where, where it's, which is funny, I keep running into the same thing where the cobbler's children have no shoes type of thing, and and that's kind of 
that totally applies to me. You know, I'm making everybody's marketing strategy and campaigns and websites, and then I didn't have one. So you saw me, Fitz, a like put up a put up a website and everything, and, and Insta, Instagram and everything um, within a matter of minutes. Um, and for everyone out there, it's called uh, Polychromic, is is the name of of kind of the art thing that I'm doing now. But yeah, so just kind of getting all that ready. You know, I'm talking to a guy to take pictures of my paintings to make prints, things like that. So just kind of doing the startup type of business. Um, and trying to just get that going faster and faster and faster and faster, you know. So, so my Instagram right now has like three followers. I haven't like I haven't posted anything, so it's also kicking that off. I was off. trying to make you post something. You said no, exactly. Yeah, four <laughs> followers. Yes, we're on our way. <laughs> yeah. So I, I still feel like you know, if I would have forced you to post, it would have been good, even though you were not prepared for it. Because yeah, it's better to post than not. But that's just me. <laughs> I will. I'll still post it. It's in the canon. I'll I'll shoot the cannon soon. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I gotta shoot that cannon, otherwise, you know, you don't get like random followers. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. How about Phil? What are you doing on the weekend? Got anything creative planned? Well, this weekend not, because I'm still in quarantine. I got COVID this week, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's the two of us are sick. Yeah, Sean. <laughs> yeah. The struggle. So yeah. So yeah. no, but I think I think I'm just gonna go out for a walk. Uh, yeah, that's healthy. And right. probably, I actually actually have uh, on my plan to watch all three Lord of the Rings again. So I hope the weather is not too good, so I don't feel. Yeah, I need to watch it again. It's it's like it's 23 years old. Can you imagine that? You know, I'm like, I just <laughs> okay, watched. You made the... me feel like so old. God <laughs> yeah. damn. <laughs> Sorry, 23 guys. Sorry. years. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, now I'm having a whole midlife crisis here. This is like. Uh... Oh. Join the club. <laughs> <laughs> Join the fellowship. Yeah, yes, uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I, on that note, like I'm, I'm like very happy how this turned out. Obviously, um, this podcast is like, yeah, for freelancers, creatives, and I'm, I'm really stoked to be honest because like there was a new update on YouTube where we can just like download and cut shorts on YouTube. That was the old thing. But now we can download them and actually post them onto other social medias. I'm like, that is like my weekend activity. Editing and like cutting reels. That's like my goal. <laughs> and publish them. Yeah, that, that's that's the other thing. Like, uh, it's one thing to do the work and then not um, actually post it. Because like there's so much stuff out there, you know, that you could do. But it's just like you need to dedicate time. How do you do you? Exactly. How do you do your scheduling? How, how are you organized? you have any like organization tips and structuring tips for workflows and stuff like that you talk to me or to sean Phil. both me okay yeah. in my head i'm <laughs> looking at your screen and you guys can't tell yeah, I was just thinking, it looks like you won't look at me but i wasn't sure if you have it mirrored so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's a modern modern days modern day struggle uh well um i actually just took on the journey to uh, conquer twitter and it's running incredibly well the last three uh, weeks and okay Somehow I started to actually use Twitter as my main content source, like where I'm writing threads or tweets and everything. And somehow I tried to kind of like make them into reels or carousels and just like uh, redistribute them in different formats. Um, yeah. How I'm doing that? Uh, I used to be very consistent last year um, on Instagram because I started that on Instagram, just like, okay, I'm going into that game. I don't care what other people say because honestly, I was kind of afraid of like what other people might say if I'm there out on social media. Some friends call me influencer now and they own an influencer, but uh, you know, it's just like the general perception. People are like, okay, you need to do social media. But I think it's important as a, as a, as a freelancer, as a 
like creative to just like go out there and like show you stuff and just be there, be heard, you know, because there's a lot of people they think, even though you may think that what you say is not so relevant, but it actually speaks to always somebody like me. I'm following you, Fitz, because uh, honestly, your content just resonates with me. And I mean, I don't know, we, we found each other. It's great, <laughs> right? <that>. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, no, so back to organization, I just sometimes I just scroll through blocks and I think like, hey, this is a good idea. Like, so I'm just trying to put stuff together, how I can put it into my perspective. And I try to schedule that on one day, like kind of like for maybe a month. So I just like write some stuff out and then thinking how I could like make it in a video and so on. And yeah, yeah sometimes I'm consistent. Sometimes I'm very well organized. What I'd never plan are actually reels. So carousel singles and tweets and threads, they're easy for me. I can then also schedule them, but you just uh, do them basically. Reels are very spontaneous. Yeah, sometimes I'm like, hey, this is a good idea. Or last time, uh, I think it was like two weeks ago, Yandex was hacked. I don't know if you guys heard about that. No, I haven't. Uh, the Russian, R Russia, it's a Google equivalent in Russia. Okay. So the whole so source code and the whole ranking factors were leaked. So actually people or all the high-end SEOs figured out what is relevant for Yandex to rank your website in. And why is that important is basically because a lot of former Google employees are working at Yandex. So you can actually think that actually Google and Yandex work pretty similar. So that was quite Ooh, a, quite a cry out. Yeah. I did not hear about that. That yeah, was yeah, probably yeah, like I... getting suppressed by Google. Like, hey, no, 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 probably. no, you don't rank this one because <laughs> this will, yeah. you know. <laughs> But we are closer to Russia, so we get this stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the news are different, like, in Europe. The news are yeah, yeah, different, completely. I'm telling you. I'm like, I, like, I get actually, news, I'm like, oh. I actually, actually, I learned about that on LinkedIn because a lot of these SEO guys were like, hey, Yandex ranking. I was like, what? So I just, like, checked it. And some guys really, actually, they took the whole source code and they trained AI to figure out what are the ranking factors. And it was actually, I was like, this is what a great use case, you know, like reading a thousand lines of codes just, feed it into AI, yeah. it does the work, you know, it's great. So basically I did a reel on that, it was just like such a decent breaking news, you know, and actually that performed pretty well because somehow I think it was the spontaneity, yeah. also the kind of, also the element of uh, of like it's news, you know, like chat GPT everywhere. I think that's kind of like, I call it sucked out yeah. <laughs> by now a little bit, <laughs> but uh, that was just like a one week thing, you know, people were talking about, or, or being chat GPT implementation as like a search and, and like giving you summarize summer, uh, summaries from a blog post and stuff. So sometimes I just pick up a topic and it's like, okay, I'm going to do a reel, I should do a reel. So I just like go from there. Yeah, because mm. like Sean, you're yeah. really organized. Like I love like, um, he has like the whole Google calendar or Apple calendar. I'm not sure about that, but you have the everything in like time slots and he's really accurate on that. I'm like, I need to adapt that, but I always like adapting whatever I can. But yeah, in the end, I'm not adapting enough. <laughs> well, I think it's, yeah, well, it's that balance, right? It's, yeah, have this organization, you know, I do a lot of time blocking, a lot of organization of, of projects and, and like, what are all the different touch points of that and checklists and things, but, but the spontaneity, I mean, that's, it's so needed. To, like, I need to be able, the thing I'm working on is being able to just be like, you know what? I had all this time blocked, but this is really important. There's breaking news. I can make a reel right now. It could get a lot of eyeballs. Let's let's yeah. let's clear out an hour. So I think it's both. It's the balance, right? Have the structure, but be willing to like wipe away that structure if you need to in a second to just act on the moment. Yeah. Right. No, I like that. I mean, I, I also made a 
I have kind of like a rough outline what I want to be talking about because I think that's already important if you have like the topics, mm -hmm. the pillars. Yeah. And I have that in Notion. I'm a big Notion fan. Oh, me too. And uh, yeah, Notion is great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I need and, to get uh, on the train. You guys are both talking about it, and I'm just like slacking here with like, okay, my yeah. to do list on pen and paper. They're going <laughs> to corner you. Notion or. Yeah, Notion yeah. AI and everything. You use those exactly. features? Uh, no, not the AI, actually. Last time I accidentally did it, I just wrote something and it automatically just wrote me like a blog post. It's like, no, 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 stop, 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 stop. stop you know? I don't need content right, right now. Yes. <laughs> I just put there a note and it started writing like, no, no, no. No, no, please yeah. stop. Yeah, exactly. It's like, coming, yeah. like in the future, it's like, oh, the AI is like, oh, he's not posting, but I want to do stuff. Give me stuff to do, <laughs> human. Give me stuff to do, <laughs> like, like a dog. But hey, you know what I'm really looking forward to? The stories once Tinder is implementing AI. Tinder? Oh boy! Yeah, I don't Get know. That... Like, like, like. I just, I just look forward to the social media channels that show like those AI Tinder fails. They're gonna be awesome. <laughs> I'm just like I'm, I'm oh yeah you, you get like oh yeah I like this type of woman you know and I you know just like all the DMs go in there and it's just like oh yeah you guys are vibing and you just get lined up exactly and on Twitter everybody's like I wrote you these 300 Tinder chat GPT prompts like download it for free send Tinder and I send it for free you know oh my god <laughs> sorry the my head's spinning all... but it's gonna be funny yeah, yeah the future oh, yeah. is weird oh, yeah. like the future Here's another thing. Like the, it's already like a thing with the social isolation, and there's people out there who don't really have like a lot of friends. And obviously, it's not easy to be social. You know, you would assume a human being having friends that is like the base. No, there's a lot of lonely people out there. There's no apps preying on that. They basically like you get AI girlfriends on apps, and they just chat with you, and it's like a chatbot trying to fake a relationship and people get really attached to that so it's a the future will be really weird you know i mean i'm attached to alexa oh, she has I'm a nice <laughs> voice and you know i'm like alexa can you she's like yeah sure she's so nice to me you know i'm like yeah. alexa you know like last time i told her i love her she's like i don't understand it's like yeah of course because you're ai you can't feel emotions <laughs> we gotta make it happen i take yes. you to the altar please say yes there, there is this movie. It's called Her. Have you guys seen that? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Walking Phoenix. Yep. Exactly. Uh, Great movie. Just so, like. What is the summary for everybody listening? Basically, what you just said: people getting and falling in love with an AI uh, computer uh, with an OS, basically. Yeah. yeah. And then so, I feel I... like humans in general are like kind of rough nowadays, you know. And I think later on people don't want to be rough and they don't want to deal with that and it, it is a weird path that we will go down to because like it's nice to be like smooth and not rough and you know being agreeable but it's also nice to have a real human being giving you real connections and intentions and like interactions in general you know so i'm like the future is like kind of interesting like yeah. Yeah. I mean, we are not top of the future food chain because we are nice, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty simple, yeah. And I mean, if you hear about bullies on the schoolyard and like bullies at work and stuff, you know, people are fucked up sometimes and they just yeah. forget what we all want. Everybody wants happiness and peace. Yeah, so you just don't believe that. Though, the, the real bully will be AI being nice, so nice what a human couldn't do, you know? 
and they will all like, oh, how was your day? Not that they really care or give a shit, but they will just ask and tell you all the things you want to hear, and you will be like really easy prey for like the perfect bully that is just bullying you with nice uh, niceliness, you know. And I feel yeah, like in the same. future, yeah, I feel like so, in the future, sorry. <laughs> no, continue. Sorry. Yeah, I feel like in the future it's really relevant that we are staying like um, you know a little bit adapt to pain and being like okay i go i'm gonna go out there network and i'm gonna do that social interaction that i'm trying to avoid you know instead of like being at home alone in my confined comfiness right that's how i see it but yeah <laughs> yeah no i mean i just i can i can see a lot of what happened to me in the whole lockdown time i mean i am naturally an extremely social person who goes in a room full of people and i just talk to people i don't care you know yeah. i don't sometimes i don't even speak like my wife she's from slovakia i speak a little bit i speak okay slovak language but i mean at the beginning i was just there people are just talking to me and i somehow made it i winged it you know yeah. alcohol always like connects people of course yeah. <laughs> that doesn't work with ai so good but um yeah it's uh and then lockdown came and somehow my whole basis was like rock pull, you know, I mean, I didn't see people and I actually got into a depression at some point, yeah, but yeah. at the moment I somehow also feel comfortable to just be doing home office, being at home and not always hanging out with people for the exactly mentioned reasons before, because people can be also harsh to you if you don't have the people you like to hang out with, you know, like yeah. this forced community can be counterproductive, whereas like being focusing on what you do and then like go out and socialize voluntarily with people that you like to hang out with can be actually very a productive increase, I, I would say. So it's actually, I, I think I kind of like made my life that way that I now choose who I want to be hanging out because it gives me energy and I choose who I do not want to be hanging out because they suck the energy out of me. So yeah. it can be working in both ways. And uh, yeah, sorry, this is just another story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I no, mean, Sean story. has like a lot to talk about there because he was like here in St. Petersburg and I, I think your girlfriend is like very into networking and she put you on a ride. How, how, how is your summary of that? Well, yeah, you know, so so to get back to kind of what Phil said a little bit, it's energy conservation. I think anyone with social anxiety, things like that, they understand that term really well, the, the need to conserve your energy and that going out into parties, going out into big groups of people and having to interact and having to be part of a conversation to really sap a lot of energy out of you. Um, and then, yeah, but then in COVID, I think we all we all found the opposite, right, that we actually get energy from other people, too. So there is mm -hmm. that that push and pull. And then so recently, yeah, like being here, it's been really interesting, right? Because it's probably the worst part of my career. If I would have been a great networker, I probably would be very much better than I am now. Um, but I've always been very resistant to networking and going out to events and, and meeting people, especially business events, things outside of my realm where I'm talking to, you know, insurance brokers and people that own veterinarian clinics and people are just not in our circles. And but yeah, since being here, it's been interesting because, yeah, Christy has like really um, dragged me to all these different events. Right. So we've been to artist events, which has been great because it's already made me be part of the art community here where I may already be in a gallery now in Florida. You know, it's already going to some of these things. I've already like gotten about 40 new people on LinkedIn. I've got like 10 new followers on Instagram. I already have two prospects in the chain to get new websites. And so it's like 
So it's been good to kind of be dragged out. It's good. It's great to have someone in your life that that's kind of the opposite of you to kind of push you out. So for you, Fitz, you're, that's you for me in this podcast, right? Because you're you're the one that's like, let's just do it. We're going to have a guest today. I didn't know Phil was going to be on until 30 minutes before the podcast. So I didn't really get any. <laughs> you didn't know either. I'm just I don't like, think he knew I'm either. Just... <laughs> <laughs> but, but here's the thing. I thought this was a really good um, opportunity and moment. And I, I was like, let's seize this moment. And that's that's what I do, you know. My strong side is like being fast and trying things. My weakness is like perfectionism, where you shine, Sean. So, and thank you, Phil, for actually doing this spontaneous shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, Phil, hey, it's been a great uh, conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I really enjoyed this time, and uh, it's my first podcast, so. Yeah. Pop Yay. the cherry. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Sean's favorite. <laughs> no, it's a great conversation. And uh, yeah, Fitz, again, like, thank you for inviting me. And uh, yeah. if you're once again short of a participant, just like give oh, a shout. We, we got you. We got you. Because I will I, be your big man. Yeah. yeah so, so it's like, yes. it's always hard to prepare topics you know and some people are getting freaked out about like oh we're not prepared we're gonna do this and that you know sometimes if you have a guest there's a lot of stories and lessons to be learned and i think it's very powerful and i learned a lot from you phil and it's also kind of funny mm -hmm. how similar you guys were like with like being in print and i'm just like oh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like so the web designer niche right now should mm -hmm. actually comment down below and tell me if you guys were in print because like it seems like it's a big one you know Printers Unite. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah we yeah. do have that in Europe, so. Yeah. <laughs> Unions all over, wherever you can look. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so yeah. I think that was a really good podcast, and I don't want to um, hold you guys any more up. And yeah, thanks for doing this. Pleasure. Thank yeah. you for, invita for inviting me. Yeah, so hit the like, subscribe button, and follow us on Spotify, and like, share, and buy the merch. <laughs> buy the merch. We have coffee cups. Buy the coffee cups. <laughs> I will. I will, I will buy it, yeah. <laughs> Phil doesn't have like, to. Phil doesn't have to. Come on. So he's my yang, my yang. He says no, I say yes, but uh, it's cherry. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, I take the lead. Somebody has to, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but anyhow, like that was a good conversation. And yeah, have a good one. Yeah, have a good one, everybody. Yeah, cheers. Bye. <laughs>